You don't want to watch it because then it'll be over. Yeah, I miss Chadwick. He's yeah. It's it's kind of a sad trailer. I, I also like. I don't know. I just feel like very burned out on like a lot of Marvel things now. Like same. I just like I don't know. Like it's like Thor was fun, but it's like I don't know, man. Like I don't know. Like. I just can't get excited for any of this. And they announced there's like two Avengers movies coming out in the same year. In 2025 or something. In yeah. 2025. Yeah, I'm not excited for those. but Yeah, I just we'll like... I think it's called like Avengers The Secret Wars and then Avengers The King Dynasty. I was like, I don't... I don't know, man. Uh, also, hold on. Sorry, I need to do this quickly. At least it's new characters now. Oh, Nicole, you ruined it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that was a pretty hold crisp on, on. like Let me try pop this. at the can. All right, we'll see if that got captured. Um, anyway, so um, welcome everybody uh, to uh, Game Busters. We're back, baby. Uh, we've been uh, reveling in our, our two-year anniversary celebration and sleeping, um, but we're back. So this is a podcast from GameLuster.com. Uh, if you are new here every week, we do a deep dive into a game or a franchise that we love, or maybe we just want to talk about it, and maybe it's topical and we're riding the SEO wave, or like with our our friend the late chadwick boseman uh pay a little tribute um so i'm your host nirov and uh, i am joined as always by my uh, amazonian co-host Alyssa, uh, aka the dark magician girl hello hello i'm glad that i'm the dark magician girl yeah, you, i think i would have liked to have the, been the harpy are you, are you wearing the harpy cosplay that you said you were going to wear yeah, yeah, yeah. i definitely am wearing that okay right now excellent and uh yeah we're uh, joined today by a local duelist uh, nikhil Yep, it's time to duel. Okay, good. You did it really well. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so um, yeah, we're gonna try to. This is a chonky episode, so we're gonna try to get through the intro a little quickly. Oh, also, very quickly, um, I had a, I had somebody ask me last week a great question, which is not something I thought of before. Um, what episode should I start with if I want to listen to all to the show? And uh, my answer is episode twenty four. I think it's the Stardew Valley one. That is the episode where I started, like, actually figured out what the format of the show was, and like from then on, it is a lot better. Um, also, the audio quality is pretty bad before that too. So, uh, if you are new and you want to listen to some older ones, start with that one. Um, okay. So, um, what are we playing this week, uh, Alyssa? Is there anything happening? <sighs> listen. Uh huh. Listen. <laughs> We're listening. Um, I played. Valorant League and Apex, so nothing new. I'm oh, sorry. No. I'm so not sorry. all three. The trifecta. <laughs> the trifecta of potentially bad multiplayer games. Wow. Um awesome. Is there anything new happening in any of these games? Apex is getting a new character soon. Okay, what's that? What's that? Um, I think her name is going to be Vantage. I think that her kit is supposed to be like sniper oriented, so we'll see. Okay, nice. Um League got a new character too. Okay, yeah, tell me about that, Nicole. Her name is Nyla, um, and I don't really understand what she does yet, but we will one day. She's pretty cool. I haven't played her yet, but her kit looks really fun. What? Which of the which of the the classes is she? Um, I she's think an eighty carry, but she's yeah. a, she's like a short range one, which is a. Uh, she has a water carries. whip. It's so cool. Yeah, she whips people. Okay, and that's not jungling. No, not no. jungling. Okay. That is the end of my knowledge of League of Legends. <laughs> um, okay, very cool. So, um, yeah, I'm... Uh, Nikhil, actually, you play anything else recently? Um, I've gotten... Been playing a bit of Pokemon Showdown to relive the old days. Um, just nice. doing, like, random battles on there. So that's kind of fun. Is, um... Uh, did you Did you also... Did you, I can't remember. Did you also buy Part-Time UFO? No, I didn't buy it. I just tried it when we were at the beach. Okay. Um, and I'm not finished it yet, but I'm close. Um, I've been playing uh, Hitman. I finished Hitman Two a few days ago. Great game. Um, and I've uh, I played the, about half of Hitman Three already. Um, this weekend, it's uh, I love it. I I don't know why I like. Everyone was like, "Near, this is the exact kind of game that you keep saying nobody's making, and it's there." And I'm like, "No, nah, I'll play it eventually." And I did, and it's great actually. It turns out. Um, Hitman's like an immersive sim, the same as Dishonored. And so, like, 
the you know like the idea is that like there's like they put you in this like really densely uh designed map like a smaller map and like just let you loose with like a toolkit and basically say like figure it out and so it's like all like experimenting and like can i do this can i do that and like there's no right way or wrong way to do anything and you can do anything in any order in these like small little like maps with all these like dense intricate systems to manipulate um so yeah you know like uh dishonored uh, deus ex uh, hitman are like some of the bigger ones that are still around but um anyway yeah i love i love this game so everyone recommending recommending hitman uh good game that everyone said was good um okay we're in it now we got so it was only five minutes it usually takes 20 minutes oh That's wow good all right so uh this is uh we're gonna talk uh about Yu-Gi-Oh today um so there's a lot of components to this. We're not going to go through like all of it, but we're going to try to touch on all the components of this like gigantic franchise. Um, and the uh, upfront, I would say that the reason that I wanted to do this is because the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh, Kazuki Takahashi, uh, passed away at the beginning of the month. And yeah. um, pretty young, he's only 60 years old. He drowned, uh, unfortunately. It sucks. But you know, I wanted to like celebrate his works a little bit and everything, uh, which. You know, started as like a, a manga about uh, how fun it is to play tabletop games and turned into one of the biggest franchises in human history. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. So we're going to we're going to do the pitch meeting again. It's a little different because this is a, a manga. So, Nikhil, oh. you, you are you're going to be uh, uh, Kazuki Takahashi. You are coming you coming to Shonen Jump, the magazine to pitch your new uh, manga, which is called Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, all right, and it is the year 1995. Okay. All right, get yourself in. We have to. We have to look at the movies again. Hold on. Okay, let's see movies from 1995 to get in the right mindset. Um, what else? What do we got here? Um, Batman Forever. That was the bad one, I think. Um, Power Range. Where? Where are there? Why well, have not heard of any of these? Um, so 1994. Um. 1995 no. children's movies. Let's see. Okay, we have Casper, Jumanji. Uh, oh, wow, see. Jumanji. the Goofy a movie. Children's movie? I don't think it's a children's movie, but um, Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls. Um, oh, Toy Story. Toy Story. Okay, that's a good one. There's one. Um, it's weird. There's not like there doesn't seem to be a lot I recognize here. The old Mortal Kombat movie just came out. Die Hard with a Vengeance, not the Die Hard. The Land Before Time three, the time okay. of the Great Giving. All right, cool. Uh, there's some romantic comedy with Liam Neeson down here. I think we're I think we've run out of movies. So there okay. were no movies this year. Toy Story is the only movie that came out. So just put yourself in a Toy Story mindset. Okay. All right, and uh, Alyssa, who are you going to be for this one? um you oh work God. for the magazine or do you want to be like just a big playing card yes i would like to be a playing card i was wondering how i could integrate being my making myself a playing card in this okay situation. yeah you're just a big playing card at the conference table all right which one are you are you dark magician uh i want to be the harpy the harpy the harpy lady, lady? Yeah. Oh, okay yeah okay very good well that doesn't make a lot of sense because i think nikhil's coming in to create Never mind. All right. <laughs> Whatever. No, they're con it's a concept. Concept right. playing card. Sure. Okay. Uh all right. Uh come on in. Uh so you have a uh you have a new manga series for us. Uh we've you know, we've got a lot of uh a lot of people trying to get in on into Shonen Jump, you know, with the lots of their fighting, uh, just big angry strong men just fighting each other. Is that is that kind of what you brought us to? No, no. We have we have children this time. Okay, and they're going to fight. They will be fighting, but not with their fists, with their minds and their cards. And their hearts? And, and their, their hearts. hearts. And the heart of the cards, of course. Okay. Excellent. So what what is this about? Uh, so it's a children's trading card game, and okay. there will be trading cards along with it to have lots of sales and be very strong money. Um, you say very strong money? Very strong money. Okay, that's good. I like strong money. And, uh, uh, how are, so you? So sorry. You're, did you come here to pitch a, a trading card game? Also, there's it's a manga about a trading card game. So uh, uh, there will be both. And you think we can sell the trading card game too? Oh yes, the children will love it. Okay, isn't they that, will steal like, their parents' credit cards. Right, isn't that like sort of encouraging them to to gamble on on yes. buying card packs? Okay, of course. It is exactly like that. 
This is this is the there will be microtransactions, okay. and this is the first step. So what happens in the story? Is there like who's our main character? Um, so we need a boy who has ancient Egyptian artifacts that in that put a ancient pharaoh inside of him. Okay, that's a little weird. Why 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 is he inside of him? And why a pharaoh? Um, well, because why in ancient Egypt? Egypt they had pharaohs, and uh, Egypt is very important <laughs> to the story. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have playing cards in Egypt, in ancient Egypt? Uh, according so. to season five, they did. They um, did, of course, yes. <laughs> but uh, okay, and this this kid, uh, what what does he do? Does he does he like uh, battle with other kids, or or what happens? Uh, there will be a large, uh, there will be a, a very rich other child um, who will hold a tournament for everybody to fight with their cards and then pay out prizes. Oh, okay, and uh, he's a nice guy. Uh, yes, these are all nice guys. Okay. Uh, there'll be one bad guy, though. Oh, okay, what's his name? I guess in season one it was Pegasus, right? Yeah. He's a... Uh, I don't even know what his deal was, but... He's like uh, an, he's an older guy, and he's he's very mean. Okay. I don't know what his motive was. Does he have any powers? Uh, yes, he also has an ancient Egyptian artifact, and he's li- it lets him cheat during the card games because he can uh, read minds. Okay, I see. So that, that kind of brings it around again, and then the, you know our, our hero will have to battle him at the end and, and prove that yeah, you and to, uh, to, you know you can't cheat to win these good games. Right, and uh, everybody important will have their own ancient Egyptian artifact, and they'll all have different powers too. Oh, okay. All right, we can. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, well, uh, do we have a name for this? It's called Joey Wheeler. <laughs> yeah, that's what it, that sounds right. Uh, that's and that's the protagonist. Yes. <laughs> yes, he must be. Okay, it that must seems like be a very him. villainous name. I would quiver. Joey Wheeler. Yeah, Wheeler is a Joey scary Wheeler. <laughs> um, okay, well, excellent. We're gonna go ahead and uh, order a few chapters from you uh, and uh, start printing these. So, is a uh, now his uh, the the main character. His uh, these are the pharaoh that comes out inside of him. Is is he like a different character or is he kind of the same guy? It's very unclear. Uh, he'll be a bit taller and have different hair. But that's all we can do. Okay. Now, yeah, dude, and I mean, the protagonist has pretty normal hair. Uh, no, they they will both have very odd hair. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and, and sign this off. And um, do you have any of the 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 card game that's inside of it? Uh, do you have any of the the creatures ready or anything like that that we can kind of use for marketing? Yes, we're very excited about our uh, harpy card. She is here. I am here. Hello. Oh my god, it can talk. <laughs> um, okay, so this one and this is gonna kind of be the energy we're bringing to these to these to these creatures. I yeah, see. this is okay. the energy. There will be dragons. There will be magicians, and there will be lots of magic. What if we called it magic and wizards? Um, no, it needs to be more Japanese. Okay. Uh, then uh what is in the main character's name again was joey wheeler so maybe it's joey wheeler <laughs> yeah that sounds about right that sounds right all right we're gonna go ahead and ship it um and uh yeah well congratulations on your successful pitch so um yeah we're, we're back in we're back in the present 17 years later yep. oh wait not no, wait is it 27 years later oh no yeah, much longer yeah <laughs> um okay so um Yu-Gi-Oh, of course, people probably know mostly from the uh, the card game and the anime, but it did start as a manga, as most anime do. Um, this was uh, pitched by Kazuki Takahashi and, of course, uh, premiered in Shonen Jump in 1996. Um, the uh, So, do Alyssa, do you know about the elusive season zero of Yu-Gi-Oh? No. I only very vaguely remember watching some of the show. Like the, I guess, I don't know if it was the original show, but whatever show was running when we were young. Yeah, it was just the one called Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because so, you just you just told me beforehand there were like nine Yu-Gi-Oh shows that I didn't yeah, know about. Are. Oh, we'll talk about them. <laughs> oh, there's I, many. I, there's many, yeah. Okay, so um, the original Yu-Gi-Oh uh, show was actually, did not air outside of Japan. And it is, uh, by Westerners, it is referred to as season zero. It is 27 episodes, and it follows the first seven volumes of the manga, where there are no card games. Um, so yeah, that's that's usually pretty surprising for people, because Yu-Gi-Oh! was not originally about card games. 
um, the the original thing was that like Yugi was the uh, you know the Millennium Puzzle was there, all that stuff, but he was just the king of games in general. And so every episode he would play a different sort of tabletop game with uh, an evil villain who was possessed by a demon and then kill them. Oh no! Oh that, yeah, that didn't that didn't uh, float really well, and so. They sort of rebooted the show uh, because parents in Japan reacted extremely strongly to this show. Yeah, I mean, I don't think American parents would like that either. Right, which is is why I did not make it over here. So you can still watch a subbed versions of of season zero, though. People have fan subbed it and everything. It's uh, not, I mean, it's very weird. Also, Kaiba has green hair. So do with that what you will. (laughs) Screw the rules. I have green hair. Um, But... Yeah, so um, the first sev- uh, seven volumes of the manga were about that. And then the- there was one episode, or one chapter rather, in the manga that was about the Duel Monsters card game, which was in Japan called Magic and Wizards. In the U.S., it's called Duel Monsters. Um, but uh, yeah, so there was one episode of that, and people just freaked out about that. They loved the card game. They loved the Dark Magician and all that stuff. They loved the monsters that they saw, and they wanted more of it. And realizing after being told like hey you can't keep doing this thing where like Yu-Gi-Oh su- Yugi summons like an ancient pharaoh into his body and then kills a guy every episode <laughs> like <laughs> you can't do that for your children's tv show um he decided to pivot to focusing on the card game so then they sort of did a soft reboot and launched Yu-Gi-Oh with of course the four kids dub moving it to uh the west uh, to the u.s and europe and uh, that is the show that we all remember um so, like, Season Zero is sort of its own weird thing that's floating around there. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Um, just, yeah, you should watch the abridged versions, though. Um, yeah, so the story, I'm sure people know to some degree. Yugi Moto is, like, a young boy who just sucks at everything. And um, he loves games, but he's bad at them. <laughs> and he's, like, bullied a lot, and he sucks. No! It's true. <laughs> it's true um but then one day he solves this ancient puzzle which is like the millennium puzzle it's that pyramid he's wearing around his neck um and uh it summons the pharaoh from ancient egypt into his body and so uh whenever he starts playing a game the pharaoh takes over and yugi grows like a foot taller and and his voice changes but nobody notices damn how did that happen when he uh was bad at games if he was able to solve this intense puzzle he worked on it for a long time right i think think that was the implication was he worked on it for years or something Uh, Uh, i see which, like, it really didn't look that difficult, but whatever. <laughs> then someone threw it off a boat after all that. Yeah, sad. Um, no, that was Exodia. That... Oh, they didn't throw the... Well, I thought... They no threw Exodia the off a boat? Yeah, yeah they did throw Exodia. We- Weevil. Yeah, his name was Weevil, Lamb. and he was a bug card player. He's a bug man. Um, yeah. But anyway, so Yugi uh, ends up having to uh, challenge people to dangerous shadow games, um, which reveal the true nature of someone's heart. And then, like, this is season zero. The losers of these contests would be subjected to a dark punishment called a penalty game, um, which was often death. Uh, Anyway, when we get to the Duel Monsters part, when they rebooted Yu-Gi-Oh! and brought it worldwide, um, it became a giant hit, of course. Uh, This is uh, now a story of... um, The first season is called uh, Duelist Kingdom, which is an insane name for something, but... Mm -hmm. Um, everybody, there is a rich megalomaniac named Maximilian Pegasus, who is the creator of Duel Monsters. Um, and he owns an island, and he basically invites all the best duelists in the world to come to the island and just, just fucking fight it out. <laughs> and just duel each other until somebody wins. Um, and then each of the seasons follows a, a little bit of a different arc. Um, the second one is Battle City. Uh, where Kaiba, like we mentioned before, uh, Yugi's rival, sets up a, uh, a a tournament he's hosting himself that he also competes in, which is weird. Because he is hosting the tournament, but he also is like a competitor and like also is a finalist in it. Does he get to decide whether or not he's a finalist? Seems like a conflict of interest. Wait, Nikhil, do you remember this? Did Kaiba make himself an automatic finalist in this? Um... In the in Pegasus's tournament? No, no, in this in Battle City. Oh yeah, I think he did. He didn't do anyway, right? Lame, <laughs> losership. Well, yeah, he is kind of a loser. Um, because he does lose a lot of the card games to Yugi. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so um, yeah, like that. That's kind of the basic premise, though. So, 
Uh, it's like children's card games for the fate of the earth is basically what it turns into. <laughs> so yeah, let's uh, uh, get into the, the manga part of it. So in the initial planning stages, Takahashi had wanted to do a horror manga, which of course is what we described earlier, where he just goes and plays tabletop games. And then like you see people literally get dragged into hell by demons. Um, but then he was like, it's for kids. Don't you understand? <laughs> um but there was so much manga about fighting that he found it difficult to come up with something original, and he wanted to create a fighting manga where the main character doesn't hit anybody. Um, so, yeah, he had always been interested in, in games, especially tabletop games, and he was obsessed with them as a child and as, as an adult. So um, he wanted to base Yu-Gi-Oh! around games and, of course, eventually around a card game. Um, also, I found some weird, interesting thing here. So... Um, he, uh, he named Yugi, and so, you know, uh, this is something you may not know, Alyssa. In Japanese, all of the characters have different names, except Yugi. Um, what, what do you mean? Like, in Japanese, they all have completely different names, and they rename Oh, you mean, like, from kids. the names that were used, yeah. like, in the English version? Okay, right, I see. Right. So, like, Joey, as we know him, is not Joey. Originally, he's Jonochi. Um, no, why? <laughs> I mean, that's so, a little bit scarier, but... Yeah, but... um. <laughs> I thought this was interesting. Like, uh, they, he named, um, there, there is a concept or sorry, the word for the Japanese word for friendship is Yujo. And so he used those characters from that you and Joe, and he like expanded out them, them into Yugi and Jonochi. That's uh, kind of cute. I think that's very cute. Yeah. Y- Yugi and Joey are best friends. And then I guess Tristan's also there. Um, <laughs> so good. uh, but yeah, anyway, so, um, let's see here uh yeah so uh takashi said that the card game had the strongest influence because it got it it evoked the most response from readers um like he said he never intended for it to be about card games but um the licensing of the Yu-Gi-Oh manga had not been like coordinated well so that the english version uh which was edited by a guy named jason thompson was given like completely free leeway and uh it was not placed under any weird restrictions that a lot of manga was at the time so he was able to do a basically unchanged version from the Japanese one for the manga. Um, so uh, this is a quote, because the core fan base of the series was according to Thompson, eight year old boys and a few incredible fan girls <laughs> because the series had little interest from hardcore Japanese uh, speaking fans, the kind who run scanlation sites and they post on message boards as the oh, series gosh. was perceived to be too mainstream. So Thompson was allowed a surprising amount of leeway with the translation um so basically the the point of that being that like the uh the english translation of the manga is pretty much like you know exactly the same story they didn't have to edit it for western audiences which is cool um damn you like brought back a whole bunch of memories of scanlation for me because i used to use that all the time when i was younger i've read some scanlations before (laughs) Yeah, it's, like, um, Hitalia mainly was, like, what I was looking at when I was Jesus. younger on Scorpion. I didn't even know Hitalia but... was a manga. I just thought that was something, like, anime shorts. I mean, on it, like, Hitalia was awful. Like, looking back on it, it was so sure. bad. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> I do, va- I, not even vaguely, I just remember using Scanlation Michael, do you know that. what Hitalia is? No, I don't know what that is. Oh, you've, you've, you've probably seen, uh, like, AMVs and such for it around. But, it's, like, but... they're, they're these, like, personified versions of like world countries okay so yeah the, it, it's like a high school and all, it's like all these like uh ki- like teens and stuff and they're they're cool and everything but they are all countries that all participated in world war ii and their interpersonal <laughs> relationships reflect what happened between those countries during world war ii it's it's uh-huh. very weird and because, like, like maybe they... glosses over some of the darker parts of the holocaust yeah like definitely because it, it focuses on the axis powers like those <laughs> I don't yeah. know why it like decides <laughs> like to focus such a on weird idea it on Italy, a... Japan, and Germany, and then like tries to make it out to be this like kind of like like these cute bumbling guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's like such a bad idea. Uh, I just was... I can't even believe this happened, but it's like a gigantic. It is like a gigantic online fan base, and the fan base is still rabid. It's weird that like it's still going because like people realize like kind i had not not even a couple years ago just like how poorly written and how poorly thought out this could be i mean because like the concept is like potentially interesting but then like said it during world war ii yeah starring hitler like yeah (laughs) it was weird as fuck (laughs) anyway thanks japan um 
all right so um the original Yu-Gi-Oh manga by kazuki takahashi was uh eventually serialized and premiered in 1996 september 30th uh, and it ran until 2004 so good long run eight years um unlike most media it featured a variety of different games like i said at the beginning um so eventually magic and wizards which you know of course is called dual monsters over here became the point of the show and the manga um so the reason that the battle uh so Nikhil, you know how like the the um the first season of the show has like literally none of the same rules as like oh, the yeah. actual game <laughs> and like you know the catapult turtle and the flotation rings and such uh-huh. um the reason for that is because they didn't actually premiere the the physical trading card game with the rules until after the first uh until after that manga uh series was already written Okay. So like that, it wasn't ever. It wasn't like when he was writing that Duelist Kingdom arc. Like it wasn't supposed to turn into a real card game. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It was just like people doing weird shit and just like you know yelling and setting people on fire and stuff. Um, I just rewatched that uh, abridged episode with like the, the oh, rings. yeah with the flotation rings thing. Oh god, that one was that one was intense. Was very good. In a few hours, the sun will rise. Um, but um, yeah, so. Uh, like we said, the manga has exploded. It has sold 40 million copies, um, which is a lot. Uh, I know it's hard to like, it, there's not like a good metric for, for books and stuff in most people's head, but like 40 million copies of a manga is like a lot. It's like way more than most, <laughs> most things. Um, and by 2011, the Yu-Gi-Oh card, uh, card game, Dual Monsters, had sold 25.2 billion cards worldwide. Wow. We could surprising. We, if we redistributed these, everybody in the world could have three Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> Wait, really? Oh god. Which three though? Which three would you get? I want three of the pretty women cards. Is that the name of the card? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're pretty women. Okay. Oh, wow. No, I <laughs> I just want three cards with pretty women characters. Okay. Yeah, we can do we can get you like a, a dark magician girl and like um I'm trying to remember what the other cards are. What did wasn't there like um wasn't there an angel lady yeah i was thinking of the angel lady i can't remember who it is uh i think taya had that i don't remember um (laughs) anyway so uh the time the manga series began to get more popular among japanese children when the second series uh started to premiere with the card game stuff right so um they said that the the video game started to come out the trading card game premiered and because of its quote Somewhat dark storylines, leggy girls, and terrifying monsters. The series was not popular among Japanese parents. <laughs> um, due to it being why. more, in- it ended up being more intended for teenagers than the young kids that make up the audience for franchises such as Pokemon. So, Yu-Gi-Oh was more uh, of a shot for, and and you know there is a distinction for this stuff, but like Yu-Gi-Oh was more for like twelve to to sixteen year old kids. You know what I mean, like. Rather than, like, you know, three- and four-year-old kids, like, Pokemon could service those kids that young as well, you know? Um, but uh, as of as today, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! has generated $17.1 billion, and it is the second, or sorry, 20, 22nd highest-grossing media franchise of all time. Second gross, or second 20, highest? 22nd. I said. Oh, 22nd, okay. Yeah, it's definitely not the high. Yeah. Um, Sag. Hold on one second. <laughs> hoping for better yeah sorry that's still pretty high though <laughs> yeah um does everyone know the highest ones Pokemon. franchises isn't that like I, hello- I love testing people on isn't that, that hello kitty hello kitty is number two. Oh, and pokemon pokemon's number one yeah that one yeah. is Not pretty so. obvious um star wars is up there i think star wars is number five um, number th- number is four. Disney considered a franchise or no? Um, yes, Mickey Mouse and related Mickey Mouse things are a franchise, which is uh, number three. Oh, okay. So that's everything to do with like Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy, etc. Like original Disney. Oh, Harry characters. Potter, right? That's up there. Harry Potter is number ten. Fuck yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah. Also, did you know they changed Quidditch's name to Quadball? Yeah, I did. I texted Grace immediately, and I was like, "What did you do?" <laughs> Well, cause like me, me, Megan, Posey, and Deb have a group chat, and like one of them uh-huh. sent a screenshot of the Quidditch, like CFC Quidditch name, changing to CFC Quad Ball, <laughs> and they were mind. like, "Why did we change the name? We don't even use that group anymore. It, the team doesn't exist." Um, 
I loved it. But I also asked her, I was like, did you do this? And she was like, no, they contacted me last night. And they were like, do you want to be part of this? And she was like, no. (laughs) Um, Surprising. (laughs) Yeah. Look, this is the thing, though, because I was like, that's a dumb name. But like, I just sat there thinking and I cannot think of a better one. Well, I mean, like, I honestly think that it works. Like, if they're trying to appeal to just like an overall sport audience. So the reason they did this is because of one, the legal battles with J.K. Rowling. And fuck J.K. Rowling. Yeah, Mm -hmm. obviously. And then two... Because they wish to, like, distance themselves from J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. So, like... Um, I respect the decision. Right, yeah, I understand it, and it makes sense. It's just, like, so stupid. It's like, you know, no, I played quad ball. No, you didn't. It sound, you're I trying to make it Quidditch. sound like a real sport when, you, in reality, you were running around with the broom. Um, I want it to be a real sport. I will never play it again, but I would like to see it on ESPN. <laughs> yes, one day. Um, anyway, uh... I'm, I'm, I'm curious if you guys can get number four. It's actually a, it's something that I'm, I'm thinking you probably would not expect to be that high. Um, um, it, is, it, is a, um, it is owned by Disney, but it is, it, is, it is another franchise owned by Disney. This is number five? Number four. Tinkerbell Pixie uh, Fairies. Tinkerbell Pixie Fairies is not here. Um, I will count that in with Disney Princesses. Club Penguin. Seven. Do you think Club Penguin's on there? <laughs> I don't know. I, I used to love Club Penguin. You know that. I know. I don't think it's on there. Um, uh, it's a Disney fr- uh, Pixar. Uh, yeah. No, it's a it's a single franchise. Not Star Wars or Marvel. Star Wars is number five. Marvel is number nine. Uh, what else do they have? They have all of the t- movies they've ever made, but one of them has spawned enough merchandise to become the fourth highest grossing media franchise of all time. Monsters Inc. No, it's not finding monsters. finding Nemo. No, what? <laughs> All right, whatever. I'm giving up. It is what Winnie is the it? Pooh. What? Oh, yeah, That's Winnie insane. the Pooh is actually like the most popular character in Japan, uh, despite not being Japanese. But he is literally on every fucking thing. I didn't know that. That's adorable. I used to love Eeyore. Eeyore was my favorite. I do like. Yeah, I can see why you related to Eeyore. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I'm a depressed bitch. Yeah. <laughs> every time you build your house, a butterfly comes and knocks it over. I'm just constantly sad. We love it. It was like a really apt metaphor for depression, really. Well, I mean, they were all like metaphors for different, like I guess, mental illnesses. Uh, yeah, like different, like I, I don't know if it's mental illnesses, but it's like different, uh, like extreme personalities, basically. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting read. Go, go do your research. Okay, so the first Yu-Gi-Oh anime adaptation was produced by Toei, and it aired on TV in Japan in 1998. Um, like I said, that was season zero. Um, also, Nikhil, did you know that season zero had a fifth member of the gang uh, oh. who disappeared for no reason? Oh, yeah, name, I've heard that. Her name was Miho Nosaka. Um, she was a main character in season zero and part of the gang. And then when they rebooted the show, she just completely disappeared and no one ever mentioned her again. Sad. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, Thank why would you eliminate no, a female character? <laughs> yeah, there was. They wanted to make sure there was only one female character. So, um, and also, like, she sucked. That's like a that's like a anime requirement. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, because apparently anime writers don't know how to write women. Yeah, unless they're women themselves. Which yeah, wild. Or just like learn anything. Learn anything. Okay. <laughs> um. So Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters, which is known outside of Japan as Yu-Gi-Oh!, was the second adaptation of the series, like I said. We'll skip ahead because you guys understand this stuff. Um, Okay, this is great. So the adaptation uh, received many changes from the Japanese version, the four kids version, uh, for international audiences. These include different names for many characters and monsters, changes to the appearance of the cars to to differentiate them from their real-life counterparts, and various cuts and edits pertaining to violence, death, and religious references. Um, so this is one of the series that like four kids became infamous for, mm-hmm. I think this was maybe their main one that, so four kids entertainment is like a, or was, do they still exist? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I, I, say, heard, I don't think so. I want to say they did yokai watch. So maybe they still exist anyway. Um, four kids entertainment was a, it was a dubbing house and it was the biggest, uh, the biggest one in the late 90s early 2000s um they had a they had a reputation for um wildly changing what things were about (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> I think this happened with. I think they had Sailor Moon as well. Um, I think that was part of the their their um because like Sailor Moon also infamously has a um. Um, okay. Uh, Sailor Moon also had, like, a very, uh, criticized adaptation by four kids because two of the main characters are lesbians and they are, have a relationship with each other. And oh, nice. In, but in the original manga and in the Japanese version of the anime back in the 90s, but the English version, they, they recut and rewrote the entire characters to make it so they were cousins. <laughs> and, like, they cut out, like, so much of the show that, like, they just, like, Everyone was like, oh, that's that's kind of weird. But, like, yeah, eventually people realize, like, wow, they, like, really, really worked overtime to make sure that couldn't happen in the show. That's gross. It's that's... ridiculous. But um, you should, if you do want to watch Sailor Moon, they in, like, 2011 or something, they released a, a recut, re- remade version of it. Um, like, it's a new version. It's, like, a, it's a new animated show called Sailor Moon Crystal. And it actually is able to follow the manga and like preserves that like relationship and all that stuff and you know so watch that version um anyway Yu-Gi-Oh did the same thing they cut a lot of stuff out of the out of the um, uh western version of the show especially the I guess the North American version um and uh they actually worked so hard to make it so that the <laughs> even though the show was set in Japan they actually set it in America <laughs> like it's just insane um, how how far they went to like kind of change the the thing. But anyway, it is what it is. So uh, four animated films were made, and with one being released to theaters. So the first one was just called Yu-Gi-Oh, and it was released in Japan on VHS only, exclusive. Um, oh wow! Yeah, uh, that one followed season zero. So that one kind of just ended up disappearing with it. Uh, the second movie was The Pyramid of Light, which was released worldwide in theaters. Uh, which I think we saw in theaters. Is that right? Yeah. The second movie? Uh, actually, I don't remember if we saw that. Well, one. no, no. The sec- The second movie was the first one for us. Oh, the, okay. The first movie never came out in the West. Yeah, I think we did see that one. Yeah. The Pyramid of Light. And then um, the third one was Bonds Beyond Time, which, of course, you remember. And then the fourth one is The Dark Side of Dimensions, which I do not remember. Um, but only, only, only the uh, Pyramid of Light movie was released theatrically. I'm actually curious how well it did. How well do we think it did? Uh, <laughs> like going by a Rotten Tomato score? <laughs> uh, I was going to look at the box office, but yeah, uh, we can check the scores too. Um, let's see here. Okay, not so well, but it did. It did make it made its budget back at least. Um, nice. Budget was twenty million dollars, and box office was uh, twenty nine. Okay. That's a little over, I guess. Yeah, that's like 1.5 actually. So that's 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 they profited. Yeah, it's a good decent. profit. Um so the um let's see here. I'm I'm just curious how it how it did uh reception-wise. Critical reception. The film was met with poor reception from critics. Criticism likened it to the Pokemon films and that it was only appropriate for fans of the franchise. Rotten's, Rotten Tomatoes has ranked it with a rating of 5% um that's pretty incredible wow the film was the lowest rated film of all time until 2017's the emoji movie (laughs) wait that was worse oh god oh yeah the emoji movie has a two on rotten tomatoes i still can't believe they made a movie about emojis who owns emojis uh nobody that was actually a legal battle that they went through because apple claimed that they owned the idea of emojis and it was found that they didn't because they had become too universal wow Um, because how could apple have owned it when emojis have existed since like uh right. yeah like emoticons that's <laughs> whatever you know yeah like, yeah no no like aim that, i feel like right. aim was maybe the first thing that used it i don't even yeah, know but, but I really again, don't that know. wasn't that wasn't a thing that aim did it was something that we as a collective people created you know what i mean like yeah nobody nobody made it like everybody nobody owns it. it right you just own the ones that you made so there have been eight Yu-Gi-Oh tv shows over the years with the most popular one dual monsters consisting of five seasons um, the rest of them have run between one and three seasons each. So, uh, Dual Monsters is the one that we all remember. Um, that one ran for five seasons. And what was the third season, Nicole? Was that like the where they were in like the blimp and they like went to the virtual world? 
I thought was there a third season? Did it not go to Yu Gi Oh GX? No, there were five seasons of the original show before GX. Oh, really? Well, not before it, because GX ran concurrently with the later seasons. But I don't think so, I remember anything after the. I blimp. only remember it from the abridged series. Like I don't think we actually watched it. But yeah, season three was the the one where they went to the virtual world with Kaiba's like lost brother was like an evil mastermind. Oh, not Mokuba. No, not Mokuba. <laughs> He's not um, the lost brother. Okay. And then season four was the dragons one. Remember, like the Ouroboros dragons or whatever. Oh. Uh, with darts. Oh yeah, darts. I remember yeah. darts. And then uh, season five was where they went back in time to ancient Egypt, and the uh-huh. only, and it was like it all took place in ancient Egypt, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think people liked it very much. But anyway, so uh, these are the names of the shows. So we've had you know season zero, Dual Monsters, Yu Gi Oh GX, Yu Gi Oh Five Ds, Yu Gi Oh Zexel, Yu Gi Oh Arc V, Yu Gi Oh Vrains. Yu-Gi-Oh! Sevens and Yu-Gi-Oh! Go Rush. Okay. Brains. Very interesting. Brains? Like brains with no, a V? No, it's, it's a brains with a V and it's in all caps. Brains. brains. I don't like that. Me neither. Um, so, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! is experiencing continued interest in the franchise throughout the years through the abridged series created by Little Karibo, whose near name is Martin Villainy, um, which is a parody dub of the series that has been running since 2006. So, um, for a lot of reasons, Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge Series is pretty notable because for the early days of YouTube, uh, Little Karibo was one of the most subscribed channels in the world, and as a part of early YouTube, began the long battle with copyright holders about using their media on the site back in 2007. So, this was actually the first instance of a DMCA takedown on YouTube, was the Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge Series, and it began the entire fucking battle that we are all still locked in for copyright shit. Um... So Konami in 2007 claimed that they owned the rights to Yu-Gi-Oh and that uh, Little Karibo did not have the right to use it on YouTube, regardless of if it was satire or parody, which is not true because um, it's it's kind of a well-known thing like, you know, parody laws, right? Do protect you for doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, there was a protracted legal battle here um, and... Um, in, tw- in 2009, eventually uh, Konami relented and allowed Yu-Gi-Oh! content to be used on media, and that led to a cascading effect for the next two years of copyright holders pulling back on issuing takedowns of their properties. But in about 2014 to 2015, when YouTube began generating real profit for people and began making people a living, copyright holders transitioned to simply taking the money generated by these projects. Um so yeah this is it, it's uh you know that that is how it is right now usually like um if you use like clips from a tv show mm-hmm. and it's like more than 10 seconds of it then the that the copyright holder will claim the mon- the money from your video you know it doesn't really matter what it is or what you're doing with it mm-hmm. um and that sucks but um Yu-Gi-Oh bridge was the first abridged series and it started a trend of parody fan dubs including the also popular dragon ball z abridged um, and uh, Little Karibos produces about two episodes a year in his spare time, but he is also a, a professional voice actor, and he's even been in shows like Hunter x Hunter. So, yeah, good stuff. Uh, cool. Nicole, do you have any more thoughts on the Bridge series? Um, no. I think I think it was, a, it was kind of a big part of our childhood. Yeah, it was, like, really huge. I remember finding it the first time. Yeah. Um, and stumbling onto the, like, you know, in America oh yeah um because we got in there like early we got in there like episode 11 or something yeah um but yeah uh Alyssa, have you ever watched the abridged series uh i've seen bits and pieces of it yeah, for sure I think, I think people have seen memes and stuff generated by it a lot of uh, floating around um but yeah we've i've watched every episode of it obviously um and you know there's still about like one episode every like six or seven months um and uh, Wait, really they still update it yeah, yeah, he's like I said, yeah. he still does it in his spare time. Um, I didn't know it was still getting updated. Yeah, yeah, this, they're on episode eighty-six, I think. Um, so yeah, that's really cool, and um, that's awesome. Um, I'm I'm glad that was such a huge thing, and it really did like keep people. It, it kept the name Yu-Gi-Oh relevant for a very long time between the uh, the the show becoming less popular and the like uh, the card game becoming becoming more popular again, mm-hmm. like um yeah but anyway so let's uh let's talk about the card game a little bit um 
So have you ever played the card game, Melissa? Uh, vaguely, I remember playing it when I was younger. Have not played recently, even though they did put out an actual video game. Yeah, we'll talk about Master Duel a little bit at the end. Um, So the trading card game was launched by Konami in 1999. So in 1999, Konami saw how well that Yu-Gi-Oh! was selling. They loved that the... the, uh, the, So the Duelist Kingdom manga arc had already been started coming out. And they were like, what if we had the money? Um, So Konami approached Takahashi with a deal. And they secured the rights to all... uh, all uh, game versions basically of the dual monsters game so um konami still to this day owns Yu-Gi-Oh. um they they basically own the the game they do not own the manga technically but they own basically every other every other part of Yu-Gi-Oh they own um so um let's see here yeah so it was the top selling card game in the world um as of 2009 um of all time. And uh, as of March 31st, 2011, uh, Konami had sold, like I said, 25.2 billion cards globally. Um, As of January, 2021, the game was estimated to have sold about 35 billion cards worldwide and has grossed uh, just from the card game alone, about $9.64 billion. So um, two other versions of Yu-Gi-Oh were launched that I've not heard of called Yu-Gi-Oh Speed Duel and Yu-Gi-Oh Rush Duel. Um, okay. In the last few years, uh, from Konami, they basically created a whole bunch of new cards and were like, "Buy this new different game. <laughs> Buy all the cards again." Mm-hmm. Um, Konami is not known for treating their properties very well. <laughs> um, so uh, Konami infamously has uh, the rights to, in addition to Yu-Gi-Oh, their other two larger franchises are Metal Gear Solid and um, uh, Silent Hill, and uh, both of those franchises are effectively dead. Konami does not want to make games with them, but they do like holding the licensing to them because um, there are literally thousands of pachinko machines, which are it's a gambling thing um, in Japan, that are Silent Hill and Metal Gear Solid themed, and they have <laughs> generated more money for Konami than any video game ever will. And so oh, they wow. have, yeah. And so they don't they don't bother. They just are going to sit on those licenses for the rest of eternity. And never make another game. Um, there have been rumors that there is a Silent Hill game in development finally from like a lot of sources. So um, I believe it's a remake of Silent Hill 2 is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like th- those are two like, you know, huge, hugely beloved franchises for, for gaming. And like Konami is like kind of hated because they just like really just don't care about them at all. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Anyway, um, also, you know about the thing that happened with Kojima right, when he was working there? Do we have time to talk he about He got, like, that? locked in a room, right? Excuse games? me? They, like, locked him in or he got locked, locked in? They locked him away. Okay, so um, not not as much locking him in a room, but they did... Uh, so what they did... Like, they metaphorically did, locked him in a room? <laughs> they locked his brain away. So what, what happened is that um, this was back in, oh, I want to say, like, 2014 or 2013. Um... That and this is why, by the way, Metal Gear Solid Five is not finished. Um, the game, the game never got finished, and they just released whatever he made of it. Uh huh. Um, so if you play Metal Gear Solid Five, it doesn't have an ending. It just like kind of stops going. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't let him finish it. Um, but anyway, um, Hideo Kojima was working on Metal Gear Solid Five, um, and. Kojima Productions was a team that was a few hundred people that was owned by uh, owned wholly by Konami. Um, eventually, he began getting into fights with them about like them trying to create control the creative direction of the game. They had executives stepping in, telling him what he could and couldn't do, uh, and it just became such a huge thing that in order to get back at him, they placed him in a different building from his entire team alone and did not allow him to communicate with them. Oh my god. Um, and so they basically had him sitting there like where he was supposed to be directing this game without being able to talk to anybody who was working on it. Um, and so he wrote this script for this game, like while trapped alone in this room, basically. Um, and, uh, it was, it's really sad and you can, you can see a lot of that in the game. Actually, it's kind of fascinating just knowing the meta narrative of how it got made, but 
Um, eventually, uh, Kojima's lawyers were able to free him uh, from this contract he had with Konami. He left the company, and uh, this is very fun. And like, this is obviously this is going to happen, right? His entire mm-hmm. team left with him. Like, almost three hundred people left the company with him. Mm-hmm. And this this happened. We see this happen over and over again when there's like this brilliant creative mind and they have a team of people working under them and they get mistreated by upper management and leave like they take all of their employees with them it happened at capcom when uh hideki kamiya left and he formed uh, platinum games when he left his entire team left with him over 100 people just got up and walked out with him to mm-hmm. his new studio Genius. like um because like you know what i mean like they they want to work for this guy <laughs> you know they don't care about konami um so yeah, Kojima Productions was able to like restart as an independent studio, and uh, they still are independent. So yeah, the, it, it was a whole crazy thing. But my my long winded reason for saying all this is because it's just to communicate that like video game people like hate Konami <laughs> for a lot of reasons, and that is one of them. Um, they're they're not anyone's favorite company, but I am hoping that they um, the rumors of the Silent Hill two thing are are good. Maybe they're actually doing something finally. I don't know. So yeah, um, Nikhil, do you have anything to say about the the actual card game, like the battling of it? Um, if you actually like played by the rules, it was I was kind of fun. I think it was like I think it was more in depth than like the Pokemon trading card game. Um, kind of rewarding, at least back then. I think after we stopped playing, they started adding in more and more complicated like aspects. They to did. It. Well, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. But um, um, yeah, I think the... I think back then it was it was pretty cool when we were growing up. It was cool, and it was it was still convoluted, but it wasn't, like, the worst. It was very much, like, Magic the Gathering, like, level of, like, complexity, which is, like, okay, like, you know, you have to take some time learning it, but it's, like, not, like, the the craziest idea. But then mm-hmm. this, this game doesn't have a lot... This game basically keeps adding systems onto itself. Like, there are maybe, like, you know, 20 or 30 different independent systems running while you're playing this game all the time that you have to keep track of. And it becomes a thing where it's just beyond the complexity of any human to understand um unless you spend all your time on it so um yeah the the card game was really fun we used to go to books a million remember on was it saturdays or something yeah um and books a million actually did this all across the country so um, i'm sure some listeners are remembering this too but on saturdays books a million would host like a a trading card day and every saturday morning uh from like opening until noon like they would ha- invite like all trading card stuff to come into their uh, buildings and just like uh, trade, battle with each other, and it was always like packed full of people. That's really um, sweet. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. I miss I miss that. Um, I just I, that feels like something that couldn't happen today. No. <laughs> um, not just because of the pandemic, you know what I mean, but just like I don't know. I just don't feel like culturally that's is something that would happen anymore. Um. But yeah, that was really cool, and I remember that. I th- sometimes they had Pokemon stuff there, but like I remember it was like, at least when we were doing that, that was like it was like ninety percent Yu Gi Oh. Um, yeah. Because like you know there is a there is a battle system for the Pokemon trading card game, but it's very after the fact. Like they didn't make the cards to do that really. <laughs> um, it's like it's just um it's not a great game honestly. It's like mm-hmm. uh, I, I've played. I remember I played it a bunch, but like it. Pokemon cards were always much more about collecting, and the Yu-Gi-Oh cards were about collecting in pursuit of battling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but um, so in the game plays basically you have like monsters, and then you have spell and trap cards, um, and now there's fifty other kinds of cards which I'm not going to get into. But mm-hmm. um, you uh, you would summon monsters to fight each other, you spell cards to change uh, parts about the battle or about your monsters and then trap cards, you know, you've activated my trap card. That's where that comes from. <laughs> and also from uh, Admiral Akbar. Yeah. Like it's a trap. Um, so yeah. Um, I mean, I think the game was really fun when I was a kid and um, do you still have your deck, Nikhil? I think mine's gone somewhere. Into the um, yeah. I'm not sure where mine is, but I think it's, it exists somewhere. Yeah. It exists somewhere. I'm sure. Um, yeah, but anyway, like, the the trading card game was, like, really huge, and I, I spent a lot of time, like, getting card packs, and, like, uh, do you remember that, like, um, do you remember the car- the place I'm thinking of with the, where we got cards all the time, Nikhil? 
uh, next next to the Chinese place on Woodruff Road. It was oh, was there a game store there? Yeah, it was it was like a it was a card store. Like it was only cards of all oh. these different kinds. It was next to that subway. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Like on on Woodruff, that complex thing that used to have a um bilo or something in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there there was like it was like called like card jungle or something. Oh, okay. like we used to go there all the time and get. Yeah, crazy. I remember that. I, yeah. I remember getting some at Target too. Yeah, Target also was good for that. Um, yeah, we bought a lot of we bought a lot of cards. I'm 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 like shuddering thinking about how much money that probably cost. Oh yeah. And it most was, of them were probably repeats of cards no, we already they had. They are like it, it's really weird how like normalized it is for kids to like gamble basically with card game packs. Yeah. Like even. I mean, even nowadays, Yu-Gi-Oh is not very big anymore as far as, like, the physical card game. But, like, Magic the Gathering is still, like, huge. People are still doing that, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Alyssa, how much gambling have you done? Mm, most of it is by lottery tickets. Interesting. And probably not the best. Have you won yet? Uh, I think the most I got off one lottery ticket was, like, $50. That's not nothing. My luck now, is Now, have good. you spent more than $50 total on lottery tickets? Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, the card game, like I said, has evolved over the years with each expansion, and there are many different playstyles now available that all happen at the same time. I am um, not in a position to explain how the game works now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, there's synchro um, summons and all sorts of different summons. Synchro summons. Yeah, whatever um, that is. And there's link summons, and then there's like fusion, and they're not fusion. We had fusions before. There's like X Y Z summons, and then there's like there's like three other kinds I'm forgetting. Um, like my yeah. understanding of card games is just so minimal at this point. Like even as a kid, I just like fucked around. I definitely didn't follow the rules when I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> um. So as far as the video games go, there have been 56 total video games based on Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh my god. Uh, the best-selling one, best-selling ones were Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories on the PlayStation 1, Duel Monsters 4, uh, which actually became the best-selling Game Boy Color game in Japan. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, and then uh, The Eternal Duelist Soul and uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, of course, which is the newest one. So uh, Master Duel released in January 2022 and has 10 million registered users and is free to play and has actually retained a monthly player count of around 8 million players. Uh-huh. Doing really well. Um, so yeah, uh, Nikhil, what which Yu-Gi-Oh games do you remember? Um, I remember the one on Game Boy Advance that we played where we you were like, like you put in the cards from the code on them. Yeah, there was a card on the physical or so, code on the cards. Alyssa, this is a very cool thing they did, and they didn't do it with a lot of games, but they did it with one of them on the Game Boy Advance, which was that in the game in the story. If you had a real card, there was a little like number on the bottom corner of it, and you could type it in on the game and then have that card in the game huh okay and like that's pretty cool it's great and they don't do it anymore because like people would just look it up on the internet but like back then you know it was just like oh you buy the cards and you can get it in the game too and that was really cool i i enjoyed that a lot um Mm -hmm. i don't know why i have like a very strong vision in my mind of the pump king (laughs) have you seen that character Alyssa? can you you google pump no all i really know is pot of greed okay Pot of Green uh, is illegal Pum now. King, why is it illegal? Because it's too good. Oh. <laughs> it was broken. It, it, uh, the it, Pump it, King is uh, interesting. He's got like one him. eye and a crown. I like his style. I like his style. He's a little scary. Uh, um, Pump King. If, if you met somebody named the Pump King, like in real life, I don't think you'd expect them to look like that. Not exactly what I would expect, uh, I think. Um, yeah, and then, uh, Nicole, you, of course, remember Dungeon Dice Monsters for the Game Boy Advance. Oh, yeah. Dungeon Duel Monsters. We played, like, the shit out of Dungeon Dice Monsters for the Game Boy Advance. And we also had the physical version. Yeah, we did. I remember we had those little dice, and they they sucked. The dice were, like, really bad quality. It was all we had. Um, didn't we also have dual discs? Oh, um. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, they were just, like, big big pieces of plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, man. Um, and it sucked because you couldn't even like see what you were doing. You know what I mean? It's like, you, I can't see the opponent's cards and like, I can't even see my own cards. Yeah. Cause they're strapped to my arm. Um, the, uh, let's see here. Um, okay. So, um, uh, do you, do, do you remember any of the, didn't we have that, the false bound kingdom? Didn't we have that one? 
Falsebound Kingdom. That sounds a little uh, bit familiar. It sounds familiar. I, I can't remember which system that was on, but... Uh, uh, anyway, I think we had that one, but... Um, regardless, so some miscellaneous stuff, uh, something I found very funny. Um, so Takahashi was uh, very outspoken against the Abe government. Uh, Shinzo Abe was actually the, um, the former prime minister of Japan that was assassinated recently, just a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, where uh, Hideo Kojima was blamed for that. Um, oh, he was? Yeah, let me actually, let me read this quickly, and then I'm going to recant that story, because we have a little time. Um so uh, the Abe government was uh, a conservative party, and they were heavily criticized uh, because, especially by younger people, um, because they subscribed to a lot of uh, Japanese imperialism thought and like were kind of trying to bring Japan back to like the pre World War II state um, of believing that like the royalty was literally God. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Takahashi on his Instagram. Uh, posted a uh, picture of that he drew of uh, the dark magician and the dark magician girl saying the current administration is betraying its own country and i really wonder if japan's future will be okay and then uh it had a yugi at the bottom saying all duelists now is the time to vote for justice (laughs) um and uh then uh the next day he apologized and said i was being a nuisance i have a variety of opinions but i want to deeply apologize to fans for using the characters to express political statements but he did not take down the artwork oh no um which is kind of fun so um but yeah he was outside of Yu-Gi-Oh! also pretty uh, politically outspoken um uh, against this uh, the conservative party and everything so that's cool um so on uh, July 6, 2022, Takahashi was found dead off the shore of Nago, Okinawa, by the Japanese Coast Guard, following a civilian report from a passing boat. He was found wearing snorkeling gear, and his cause of death was determined to be drowning, which was estimated two days before on July 4th. So he was floating in the ocean for two days dead. Good God. Yeah. They only found him because a boat saw him. Like, which it really... For me, I'm like, what the hell? Because, like, somebody has to have known that he was missing for two days, right? Like, it also just, like, is very concerning that he was, like, comfortable enough out snorkeling, but then just, like, happened to drown. I I, I know that they haven't they haven't found any signs of foul play, and I'm, I'm sure it's not, but, like, it also well, is really weird to me. My, my biggest thought is maybe he had a heart attack or, like, some sort of medical emergency while he was in the water. And I think that's likely, because I think he was, I think, I think people were saying he was, like, a, a very, like, experienced swimmer, and it's, like, weird that, I, I think you're right, it has to have been some sort of medical thing. Yeah. Um, but that's really sad, and that sucks. Um, but, okay, so the thing with the Japanese Prime Minister... This happened two or three weeks ago. Um, so I fucking hate. Okay, this is this is just this is a wide blanket statement on why I hate what the news is now. Um, so the Japanese prime minister uh, or former prime minister Shinzo Abe was at doing a rally, and he was um, doing a rally for a new. Um, uh, for a new person who's running for office who was part of the same party. You know, like old politicians do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was there doing a, a, a rally for him, and uh, he was uh, he was shot and killed. And um, people saw, like, the, the perpetrator, like, escaping, the assassin, and um, f- uh, somebody on 4chan thought it would be very funny uh, to post... Well, okay, this is for, I'm not I'm not even going to blame the 4chan person that much because what they did, all they did was post on like a message board, the political message board like this is like uh these are pictures of the assassin like from his like Facebook account or whatever and uh posted some pictures of Hideo Kojima wearing like some like communist stuff. Um and so uh that was seen by a French politician who was who's part of the like ruling far right party in France. Um, Mm. and he started, he, he tweeted it out and said, this is the pictures of the assassin, like find him. This is a communist. Like that, of course it's communists who are the assassins. And from there, news stations in over a hundred countries in the, in the world picked this up and showed pictures of Hideo Kojima, the creator of Metal Gear Solid and Death Stranding as the assassin (laughs) of the former prime minister and saying that he was on the run. What the hell? And, and meanwhile, and the, you know the best part of the story is that 
Kojima was told about this as he walked out of the new Minions movie. <laughs> He's like, no, my al- my alibi. Said Why did he Minions go to the Minions movie? Blue. Why was uh, he watching the Minions movie? So Ko- Kojima is like a like well-known cinephile. He watches every- his his policy is to watch every single movie that gets made. He d- it does not matter how bad it is. He and he reviews them if you follow him on Twitter. Him on Twitter. Okay. So his his code. This is the code. If he writes like a long thing about it then he's like he loved the movie even even if he doesn't say he loved it he writes like a whole paragraph about it like it had this and this and like i went to see it with these friends but if he just writes like i saw thor then he thinks it's like a gigantic piece of trash oh, like, no. um but yeah so he he is like a policy of watching every movie that comes to theaters um he's like a he he loves movies so anyway that's that's how he got there okay <laughs> um but um anyway uh, I just thought that was a really stupid incident, and uh, Kojima Productions is actually taking legal action against several news stations. Um, the problem is that a lot of them are international, and there's like literally nothing you could do legally about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like places in like Greece and Iceland and Israel were like airing this on their local news stations. It's like, what do you do about it? Um, but I believe I, I saw somewhere that there's like three news stations in Japan that aired it who he's like taking legal action against for like defamation because everyone thinks he assassinated the prime minister. <laughs> I can't get over that. I just can't get over that. It people just, just like, followed again, it without, without questioning. Yeah. Again, it just makes me like so angry. Like that's what qualifies as, as good enough for the news nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm. what happened to having two sources for everything? Yeah. Like they didn't check their sources at all it's just very concerning um anyway uh but back to to Yu-Gi-Oh so uh does anyone want to say some some uh last things uh or we can do the thing I thought we were going to do the thing where we guess the card prices oh yeah uh yeah I think Para was going to do that but he's uh, here so okay gotcha Uh, I want to guess I don't know any of the card prices um some of those cards do go for like a fuck ton of money though um Mm -hmm. like there have been cards that have sold for millions of dollars. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things where you're like, who's doing who's doing this, and like, why am I living the way that I do? <laughs> I mean, for um, a franchise that's worth a couple billion dollars, I wouldn't be surprised. 